Good morning and welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. For those of you joining us via our drive-in, if I could get a couple car honks so I know you can hear us okay. Awesome, thank you so much. And welcome to those of you joining us via Facebook Live, listening to this on our podcast later today or on our call-in number. Um, I am Pastor Michael. I'm very happy you were able to join us for our worship time today. Um, I'm going to turn things over to our liturgist this morning, Barb, and she's going to tell you all kinds of fun stuff going on, maybe, I think. Sure will. Um, To begin with, we need to ask for prayers for the Winkle family. Um, Bob Winkle has been diagnosed with lung cancer, and for the longtime members of the church, that's Leona, Leo, Leola, Leona Winkle's son. So prayers for Bob and his family. And then coming up, Bible study will be this Tuesday at 10 o'clock here at the church. Uh, calling all able-bodied people that can walk and lift because after church today at 10 o'clock, we're going to be uh, packing, you know, I should have had more coffee. Uh, we're going to be packing the groceries and the school supplies for Bishop School into Bob Hall's pickup. And then tomorrow at 10 o'clock, we're going to transport them to Bishop and unload them. So we will be getting our pantry set back up. And now for the fun stuff. Rumor has it, this Wednesday, if anybody would like to get wet, not with rain, but with water, um, the play group, the play date this week is going to be back to the beach. Don't you just see Annette Funicello just dancing in her little bikini? Okay, so we're going to do back to the beach, and we might actually have a relay Let's see, that involves water and sponges, uh, something like that. Um, could be some other things, so um, it sounds like it's going to be fun. So if you want to come and join in the fun, we'll be here from 9.30 to 11.30. Oh, I think that's enough frivolity for the moment. <laughs> now, oh, oh, no, no, Katie. She wants to invite anybody that would like to go. You didn't know I was going to do that, did you? To the Monroe County Fair. Now, for those of you that have seen the Cars movies, and they have the tractor tipping, well, this is the Combine Demolition Derby. It's going to be a fun time. So if you don't have anything planned for the afternoon, head on down and watch those Combines get what Smooth. time does that start? I think it starts at 7. 7 tonight. Woohoo! All right. Deep breath. Deep breath. And so now let us start our worship service with the call to worship. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I, I am about, about to do, do a new thing, thing says, says our God. God. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I I will make make a way in in the wilderness wilderness and rivers in the the desert. desert. For I will give drink 
to my chosen people, the people I formed for myself, so that they might declare my praise. Our opening song is Mighty is Our God, and we will follow that up with Change My Heart, O God.
And now, if you will join with me as we do read our opening prayer. Great Physician, we thank you for the faith of others that enables our own healing. Send us such sisters and brothers when we are in need and help us to be friends who help others in need through Jesus Christ. Amen. If you would join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. Holy God, by your Spirit, speak to us your resounding yes as we listen to your word. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 31. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind and to things that should not be done. They were filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, covetous, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, craftiness. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, rebellious toward parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. It's always a cheerful passage. <laughs> God gives a way in the wilderness and gives rivers in the desert. Let us give generously so that many may find the way of the Lord.
you would please join me in our doxology. say yes to each one of us affirming your promises to us and so we say yes to you by dedicating these offerings to the expansion of your commonwealth on earth for the sake of your son Jesus Christ amen if you would join me now in an attitude of prayer Pardon me. God, in the beginning, you created the heavens and the earth. Preserve and sustain your creation, we pray. We pray for the poor and the outcasts, for you are their God. Deliver them when they are in trouble. Strengthen those who work for the poor and those who care for the sick and infirm. Sustain those who suffer and heal all their infirmities. We pray for political and religious leaders when they utter empty words while their hearts gather mischief. Lord, bring them back to integrity and into your presence. We grow weary under the burden of the sins of the world. Have mercy on us, we pray. Now in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom your word is always yes, and under the seal of the Holy Spirit, we praise your name and say, Amen to the glory of God. Amen. Our God has been so gracious to us. Let us confess to God and each other the ways in which we have failed to behave with the same graciousness. If you would join me in our prayer of confession. Holy One, we have not remembered the poor, and so we fear that you will not remember us in our time of need. With the psalmist we pray, O Lord, be gracious to me, Heal me, for I have sinned against you. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Please take a few moments now for silent prayer and confession. Our God has been gracious to us and raised us up. God has upheld us and placed us in God's presence forever. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. 
Amen and amen. Again, hear these words, you are forgiven. Praise be to God. So now let's see what our second scripture reading has to say after that lighthearted, fun first one. This one, co <laughs> this one comes from Psalm 41, chapters 4 through 10. As for me, I said, O oh Lord, be gracious to me, heal me, for I have sinned against you. My enemies wonder and malice when I will die and my name perish. And when they come to see me, they utter empty words, while their hearts gather mischief when they go out. They tell it abroad. All who hate me whisper together about me. They imagine the worst for me. They think that a deadly thing has fastened on me, that I will not rise again from where I lie. Even in my bosom friend, in whom I trusted, who ate of my bread, lifted the heel against me. But you, O Lord, be gracious to me and raise me up, that I may repay them. The word of the God, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. And our next song, our next hymn is Hymn of Promise. third scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Numbers chapter 12. <clears throat> While they were at Hazaroth, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married. 
for he had indeed married a Cushite woman. And they said, Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble, more so than anyone else on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. So the three of them came out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forward. And he said, Hear my words. When there are prophets among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. Not so with my servant Moses. He is entrusted with all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly, not in riddles. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. When the cloud went away from over the tent, Miriam had become leprous, as white as snow. And Aaron turned towards Miriam and saw that she was leprous. Then Aaron said to Moses, O oh, my Lord, do not punish us for a sin that we have so foolishly committed. Do not let her be like one stillborn, whose flesh is half consumed when it comes out of its mother's womb. And Moses cried to the Lord, O oh God, please heal her. But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not bear her shame for seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp for seven days, and after that she may be brought in again. So Miriam was shut out of the camp for seven days, and the people did not set out on the march until Miriam had been brought in again. After that, the people set out from Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you would please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Amazing God, we live in the age of information, and we have an expectation that we will be informed on every matter, even if it does not involve us. But gossip and rumors have been around much longer than any of us. We pray that you would help us to share the gospel and good news of your son instead of hearsay and scandalous words. Help us now to hear the words of your scriptures and focus on their deeper meaning. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place, be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This morning we are, again, continuing in our sermon series, No Perfect People Allowed, that will carry us through the month of August. In this series, we are looking at many of the imperfect people that God used to accomplish some really amazing things that we get to read about in our scriptures to learn more about the relationship that God had with the people. Now, to date, we've looked at two Old Testament individuals, Jacob and David, and two weeks ago, we were in the New Testament and learned about Saul, also known as Paul. And how God used that persecutor of the church 
to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. Today we're going back into the Old Testament again, to the time of Moses leading the people Israel, and we're going to follow a female individual by the name of Miriam. Gossip. It happens everywhere. In fact, as of late, our world seems to thrive on gossip and rumor. From TMZ to the National Enquirer and so many other sources, gossip and rumor continue to thrive. Even in respected newspapers and news outlets, gossip and rumor seem to take precedent over truth at times. But is it really that surprising when it happens? Every news outlet wants to be the first to break a story. It leads to more attention, more advertising dollars, more revenue, more accolades, more praise. Breaking a big news story can take an, unknow an almost unknown reporter to the top of the charts. And besides, if you try to fact check a rumor, typically those involved are not going to be very likely to verify that rumor anyway. But what about when gossip and rumor happen in our schools, or in our workplaces, or even our churches? In schools, rumors and gossiping have led to teasing, bullying, children being outcast and ostracized. There are cases where that activity directed at one or a few individuals have led to the death of children who have taken their own lives. In our workplaces, gossiping and rumors can also cause some pretty serious damage and sometimes unintended consequences, although sometimes intended as well. People can lose their jobs, individuals can also be treated the same way children in a school situation that I just described are treated, and unfortunately can lead to similar outcomes. Gossiping and rumors about inter-office relationships or work ethic can cause serious damage to a person's reputation, future job opportunities, even destroy their home life. And then we have the church. God's house, a place that is supposed to be safe and holy and blessed. But how often have we heard about or maybe even been witness to or partaken in gossiping and rumors that spread in a congregation? It can lead to similar situations and results as a school or workplace and even worse in some cases. Families can be destroyed. People's faith cannot just be tested or shaken, but potentially even destroyed. People may choose to leave not just a specific church, but the faith entirely. All because someone chose to gossip and spread rumors. Now, in our scripture reading for this morning, we, we heard about Moses and his siblings, Aaron and Miriam. 
And right in the very first sentence, we are introduced to the problem at hand. Verse 1 says, When they were at Hazaroth, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses on account of the Cushite woman he had married. For he had married a Cushite woman. That translation of the Bible uses the term criticized, but other translations say things like spoke against, talked against behind his back, or chastised. Regardless of the exact term being used, Miriam and Aaron were gossiping about Moses. Now what's interesting in our reading this morning is how quickly God acts in regard to this gossiping. Verse 4 says that immediately the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, Miriam, you three go out to the tent of meeting. God doesn't wait for Moses to complain about it or for someone else to mention it. No, God acts now, like right now. And I find this interesting because this seems to be how God operates in the Old Testament very often. Do you remember what happened in our reading recently about David? It was not very long after David married Bathsheba, after getting her husband killed so he could have her, that God sent the prophet Nathan to confront David about what he had done. It does seem that when someone who is chosen by God, who is either causing the problem or being attacked in some way, God reacts rather quickly in many of our Old Testament lessons. But things continue to get interesting in this passage as we go on. God calls Aaron and Miriam out on their gossiping right away. And it wasn't like a, hey guys, that's, that's really not cool what you're doing. I feel like we need to sit down and talk about this and why you feel the need to gossip about Moses. No, God really wasn't happy or very calm in this situation from the language we find. Verse 9 says, the Lord's anger blazed against them. Blazed. I find that a very interesting term, so much so that I had to dig a little bit deeper on that one to better understand just what Aaron and Miriam were seeing and experiencing in this moment. And according to some scholars, it indicates that there was a change in the color of the cloud of God. Possibly even flashes of lightning. That's kind of terrifying. There are others who offer that it could have even included some form of fire coming from the cloud. And even heat resonating from it. Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't there. Either way, it's clear that God's not happy here, very displeased, and he's angry enough that he didn't even want to hear their excuses. God doesn't say, hey, what's the deal? He doesn't even give them a moment to try and defend their actions or come up with some reasoning. God knew their hearts. There was no need. It's not like God didn't know what was going on. But something else of note here is God leaving. The removal of God's presence from us is the surest and saddest example of God's displeasure with us. 
God never wants to be away from us. But through our sins and ways, it feels like we try to drive God away from us, to push God away from us. It gets even more interesting because when God leaves, Miriam is struck with leprosy for what she has done. But not Aaron, which really kind of raises some questions because it says, or at least seems to say in the scripture, that they were both gossiping about Moses. So why does Aaron get off while Miriam is hit with one of the worst afflictions of their time that basically labels her as unclean and punished by God? I was wondering the same thing, so I tried to do some more digging. It seems that several scholars believe that Miriam was actually the instigator on this and that Aaron was just easily swayed into the gossiping. They claim that because Miriam was the first one in the transgression, she must have started this gossiping to Aaron, that she received the severe punishment. God was placing a difference between those who misled and those who allowed themselves to be misled. Now, that argument does seem kind of weak, at least at first. But the more I thought about it, the more I can see how it makes some sense. Especially the part about Aaron being easily swayed and influenced. I mean, look at his track record. This is the same man who, when the people wanted an idol to worship while Moses was up on the mountain and they were unhappy with God, they swayed him and convinced him to make one, a golden calf, which they then prayed to, while Moses is, as I said, on the mountain, speaking to God, getting those stone tablets with those ten important rules. Then here he is swayed by his sister Miriam, it seems, and gets involved in gossiping about Moses and letting his jealousy of Moses' position and power come out. And when Miriam gets struck with leprosy, he is swayed yet again into a humble submission to Moses, the man that he was just complaining about and gossiping about. Moses, or Aaron's really kind of wishy-washy. So here we have Miriam struggling with leprosy. Aaron swaying all over the place. And then Moses. And I think the actions of Moses in this story not only tells so much about his character and his leadership, but also his relationship with God. God tells Miriam and Aaron in verse 6, Listen to my words. If there is a prophet of the Lord among you, I make myself known to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. He has proved to be reliable with all my household. I speak with him face to face, not in riddles. He sees the Lord's form. We go back 
looking at the time before Moses and God's interaction with his people and his prophets were pretty much connecting with God through visions and dreams. Rare occasion, maybe a messenger, as in an angel. Moses is the first who God reveals himself to visibly and spoke with face to face. Well, face to burning bush or cloud, but you get the idea. Moses was a big deal in God's eyes. But when God punishes Miriam, Moses doesn't respond the way that some of us might have wanted to if we were there or how we might respond in our world today against someone who had been gossiping against us and spreading rumors about us. Moses didn't stand there and be like, heck yeah, that'll teach her. Maybe now she won't gossip so much about people and hurt others which would have been kind of fair in a way. But no, instead, Moses, he shows mercy and compassion for her, just as God has for humanity. In verse 13, Moses cries out to God to heal Miriam. And I know she was his sister and all, but this is still impressive to me. Her gossiping could have led to another idol-worshiping situation. Again, Aaron probably would have gone along with it. Or even worse, she could have caused a split amongst the people, gotten Moses thrown out or murdered, potentially. Who knows? And yet Moses still asks for mercy for her and for God to heal her. And in the end, God does. But just like the story with David, we see this reoccurring theme in how God interacts with humanity. God does heal, and we assume forgive, this gossiper Miriam, but not immediately. Instead, he lets her hold on to this infection, this leprosy, for seven days, and then he heals her. He holds her accountable for what she has done, but does forgive her and shows her mercy. Now you may be thinking, so what's seven days? People go camping for two weeks or even a month. I don't know why, but they do. Um, seven days, big deal. It's nothing. Well, back then it really was a big deal. She wasn't allowed to be in the camp for seven days. She couldn't interact with anybody. She couldn't fulfill her role as a leader of the people during that time. God kind of put Miriam in time out with leprosy. So when we look at this scripture passage in, in light of our world today, what do we find here? What is the message here that God wants us to take away? And is there more than one message? Well, there are always many ways to understand Scripture, and sometimes we don't find additional meanings and messages until later on. 
and not the first time that we read or focus on a specific verse or passage. In this case, though, I think there are absolutely several takeaways, and I think we can point to the compassion and mercy of Moses to forgive someone who was sinning against him, someone who was gossiping about him, as an inspiration for forgiving those who hurt us in our lives. I think we can point to God's forgiveness with accountability as a way to be in relationship with others in our own lives. We should forgive those who sin against us, but we should not continue to put ourselves in situations where we are being harmed. And I also think that there is a very strong message about gossiping and spreading rumors. We know just how much damage can be done when people gossip. We have seen lives ruined, families destroyed, and even lives lost. In the case of Miriam, she could have thrown a huge wrench into the plans that God had for the people. Not that God wouldn't have found a way around it or worked through it, but still... In the end, though, this imperfect person was forgiven for her actions while still being held accountable, and she still went on to be a leader for the people of Israel. Here again, God takes someone who was causing problems, not just for God, but for others, and turned them around. God still found a way to use someone like Miriam who was jealous of her brother Moses. And let's be honest, we've all been like Miriam at some point in our lives because we too are imperfect. We sin against others. We're human. But just like how God still used Miriam for some amazing things, including helping to lead God's people. God can still use us despite our imperfections. We need to listen to answer God's call. We need to be willing to admit when we're wrong and trust in the Lord. Amen. like to invite you to turn to the page with um, our liturgy for Holy Communion as we prepare to celebrate this wonderful feast. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. 
And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf, the bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. And the cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion, and what that means is that, well, at least normally when we would be in this space, that table doesn't belong to me, to this church, to this denomination. It belongs to Jesus Christ, and he has invited everyone to come and partake. It doesn't matter your age, your race, your ethnicity, your social standing, your financial uh, holdings, it doesn't matter your sexuality, it doesn't matter any of those boxes we always try and cram people into, the way we try to divide ourselves further. He doesn't see any of that. All he sees 
is beloved children of God, and he invites everyone to come and partake. All he asks is that you do so with an open heart. Now this morning, as we continue to bring our own Jesus, you can uh, receive your elements in one of two ways. You can do intinction, which is just a big word that means you can take your bread, dip it in your juice, and receive the elements together. Or you can eat your bread and then drink your juice. Those are both acceptable. Neither one's going to get you a better grade in the grade book at the end. God sees it the same way. Brothers and sisters, I invite you to take your elements, receive them now, the body and blood of Christ given and shed for you and all the world. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 110, A Mighty Fortress is Our God.
beloved children of God, the words of gossiping and rumors cause pain and suffering. The words of the good news bring joy, can save lives, and so much more. Go out and spread the good news. Share the joy of knowing our Lord and Savior. And may that joy live in you and shine through you to the world always. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Amen. Have a blessed week.